an important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. In today's episode, it's my pleasure to interview my good friends Matt and Mega from Keto Connect. Although Mega graduated from University of San Francisco School of Law, based on her cooking, you would think she graduated from culinary school. She loves to challenge herself daily and pulls inspiration from family and friends. Matt partner in cooking, business, and life, is deeply passionate about cooking, nutrition, self-experimentation, and most of all, sharing his findings in compelling ways through photo and video. In this episode, we talk about how running a food blog and a YouTube channel has positively affected their idea of the ketogenic diet, how they have progressed over the years, not only in nutrition, but also in their workouts at the gym, going partners with Keto Savage in Deeper State Keto. Uh, We touch on many great tips and tricks to do with productivity, motivation, and persistence. So make sure you listen till the end as they describe their latest favorite product in tantalizing detail. So welcome, Matt and Mega from Keto Connect. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're really excited to be here. I, I almost thought I was going to get a, um, a response from the Keto Normies podcast. <laughs> but uh, that, that's so great. I know it's um, in the afternoon for you guys at, at the moment. It's in the morning for me. So we're sort of on the opposite ends of, of, the, uh, of the scale. But I, I love to, you know, uh, open these podcasts with with a little bit of food. You know, it's it's something that everyone's interested in, and uh, something that we can get off our plate as soon as possible. So, what did you uh, have for your last meal that you had recently? So maybe it was lunch or breakfast, or what? What was that? So my last meal was about six hours ago, and it was two portions of a ground bison and cheddar cheese breakfast casserole we made on Sunday topped with sour cream and a lot of salt. Sounds good. Yeah, mine was um, mine was probably like four hours ago. It was at lunch. I had four hard-boiled eggs. That's pretty routine for me. I have like four hard-boiled eggs every lunch. And then I had two spare ribs. We made like these six-hour sous vide spare ribs the other day, and they're really good. So I had two of those. Nice. Yeah, I see you guys have been using the sous vide a lot. It's um, it's a it's a great little device, and yeah, uh, the the pork ribs they looked amazing. I think I I might have seen it on an Instagram story, um, but yeah, it looks delicious. So, all right, uh, the next question sort of is a tiny little bit of an icebreaker, but I'm sure you know uh, we, we've known each other for a long time, so we don't need icebreakers per se, but. I do have a question, uh, and maybe you can elaborate on this a little bit, but where did you get the name from Keto Connect? That is a great question. So um, it is probably not what most people think. It's because most people hear Keto Connect and they think, you know, you're doing keto, you're connecting people, it's the community, Keto Connect. (laughs) And I thought Mega was in on the discussion we had about the name, but apparently she has no recollection of this. But uh, the original name Keto Connect is from like people, drug dealers, for example. If you're selling drugs on the street, you need a connect, someone higher up the food chain who has access to the raw materials, right? So we are the Keto Connect. Like you're just starting a keto diet. You come to us. We have recipes for you. We have information that is necessary to get you started on your journey. So 
that was the thinking behind the name. Luckily, it does also have a dual meaning. Yeah, it definitely translates. But it's funny to think about it in that context because the majority of our viewers are like moms and their families of kids. So it's like, yeah, we're just your drug dealers. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I I had actually never thought about it that way. So I'm glad you feel being on it. And uh, yeah, I, I always just assumed that it was this community. And so you're connecting people in the ketogenic community with one another, which is essentially what it's become now. But yeah, at, at, at first, uh, maybe it's the like the slang that's different here in Australia as well, because we have very different meanings for all of that. <laughs> yeah, so that's very interesting. I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, wow, I didn't know. And, and if you haven't heard of Keto Connect already, um, I explained a little bit about them in the intro, but... Uh, I just want to know a little bit about you both. Maybe, Mega, we can start with you and then we can go with Matt. Um, and maybe some of the background and, you know, uh, how long you've been doing Keto Connect for and and uh, what it means to you. Sure. Um, so no background in, like, cooking or running my own business or a channel or anything. I went to law school. And uh, as I was studying for the bar, Matt had this great idea because we had just started the keto diet uh, probably like four months beforehand. And he was like, well, you know, maybe after you're done studying for the bar, we should start a food blog because we're making recipes anyway. Let's start sharing. Let's see where it goes just for fun. And so I took the bar exam. I failed. Luckily, now looking back, um, and we started the food blog, and then shortly thereafter, we started the YouTube channel, and at the time, it was a lot, because we were working full-time jobs as well, and then coming home, and you understand, Erin, just also working full-time on Keto Connect, so it was very... um, stressful on our relationship and caused a lot of turmoil. Like there were days I was like, this is not the man of my dreams. I don't want to pursue him any longer, but I want to keep Keto Connect. Like Keto Connect always felt like my baby. I was like, I would give up my relationship, but I don't want to give up this business that I I bloomed into such a beautiful thing. And so Keto Connect means the world to me. Like now it's on level playing field with my relationship with Matt, of course, but I couldn't imagine being anyone else in this moment in time. And it's, it's helped me grow. And I'm sure you can relate and anyone who's run their own business or started their own anything. It just, you become such a different person. You have such different values, right? Yeah. I like have, I think traumatically blacked out most of the, the formative. (laughs) Uh, But there is one memory that stands out above all else. It might be like my most vivid memory I have. It's called the Stephen Curry argument. And this was like the tipping point of like, I was getting mad at Mega. She wasn't putting in the effort, but it was understandable that you weren't, no one, like you weren't putting in as much effort because no one's watching your videos and making your recipes and you don't really, you're not getting any feedback on what's going on. What you're doing is good. So (laughs) basically we were like fighting a lot. And then I eventually said, do you think Steph Curry became the best shooter in the world? by not shooting three pointers every day. And that was when she just like laughed at me and thought I was crazy, but well, it was for the best. Yeah. But what, she I, came t- around. what I took away, well, no, I have not come around <laughs> to the fact that you compared yourself to Steph Curry. Casey is Steph Curry. Keto connect. <laughs> Shots every day. Yeah. Now looking back, of course I look at the situation and I'm like, all right, it makes sense. But at the time we were fighting, we were not happy. And he called himself Steph Curry. And I was like, what <laughs> Who do you think you are? You're not God's gift. And so, yeah, we've, we've come a long way for sure. And for those who Steph Curry is an NBA basketball player. Yes. Right. And, and, and you have a background in basketball playing. Is that right, Matt? Yes. I played college basketball. Um, I went to school for computer engineering. So I worked for like four years. And I think maybe this is kind of a difference between Mega and I is I had four years of work experience just, you know, sitting in a cubicle, the grind of daily life. And I really like knew for sure that that wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I don't think Mega was as certain of that at that time because she was just getting a job. Like she had a job for three months before KC became our jobs. So I think that was just a difference in perspective that really had me more motivated at the start. But she was also very motivated, not to diminish. No, you're right. I agree. (laughs) 
And yeah, it's it's interesting to you know that that personal relationship versus the the you know food blogging and YouTube and everything like a business relationship. And when you go into a business relationship like you're doing, you know, do you do you ever think about what would have happened if you know that in back in that dark age time where you're in a small apartment if if something was to go wrong like if and if you look down the track now do you sort of appreciate it more now in hindsight than than you did you know when you're releasing all these videos and these recipes and no one's looking at it is it does it mean more to you now than it does then it does i think now the struggle is more of taking it for granted and not having such a mindset of like really really working your hardest every single day um but yeah like thinking back i guess i think the biggest difference is it's amazing what we've done and it's it's way better doing it this way but i do think like um just our relationship probably for for like the first year at least would have been a lot better i would say Without keto, without keto, without keto, it would have been better. We would have had more experiences together, had more of like a social fun life. But I wouldn't trade that for what we have now. No chance. But I also believe it's rare to find a lover and a business partner in one. Right? A lot of people can't do that, and so I feel fortunate in that sense because without keto connect, maybe we wouldn't even be together. I think so. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder <laughs> because. I mean, relationships can get boring and can get stagnant. And I think we just have something really exciting every single day to build on. And so it's, it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of bad, but for only good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and there's, there's so many paths throughout there that, uh, you know, that common motivation is, uh, you know, just so extreme because, uh, so many people go out there and they start something by themselves and maybe their partner doesn't know what they're going through at the time. Or even if you have, uh, even if you're in a couple and you're doing something that doesn't have success, it, it, it might have the exact same thing. But uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about motivation. And, you know, you guys have so much motivation on, uh, you know, the, the accelerated growth that the blog has gone through and the YouTube channel and everything. But I want to ask a little bit about the ketogenic diet. So what was the motivation behind you starting uh, the ketogenic diet? And, and was there any like particular tipping points where you're like, okay, yeah, this is for me? Um, the initial motivation was just that we're all, we were always kind of searching for different diets. We were health conscious. We went to the gym just trying to do a little bit better. So in that realm, you eventually should come across a keto diet. So I thought it seemed interesting cutting out all sugar and the thing that really like drew me in was the whole just change in metabolism. Like you're going to burn fat. I was like, okay, let me see how that feels. And also just like my eating throughout my entire life has never been that great. Like I'm always the type of person who I can just eat all day and I like doing that. So I wanted something to kind of help with that. Um, the actual tipping point I would say was when we saw that sugar film, which just highlights how much I think that was, is that an Australian film? It is, yeah. It's run by, uh, I can't remember his name, but yeah, it's, it's, it's made in Australia. Yeah, so that was a tipping point because it just kind of highlighted how much sugar I was eating because I was doing a pretty healthy diet at the time, what I thought was healthy, which tends to be a lot of sugar. So um, yeah, so then we just uh, started doing keto. And I think, I guess I don't really know the exact point where I was like, I was in love with it and I wanted to keep doing it. Honestly, it was pretty early on, like the maybe like day six when I was like, oh, I feel I don't feel like I need a nap because at that time I had a desk job. And it's really illuminating when you're sitting at a desk all day. You feel totally different. Like you feel like you can just sit there all day and kind of just work away. You don't feel tired after lunch. And then I remember actually one big thing was we had like a pizza pasta party thing at lunch. And everyone you know, does the thing you do at the pizza, pizza pasta party. You just like eat as much as you can. It's free lunch, free food. And everyone's just like taking naps at their desk. They could barely stay awake. And it was actually like a comical thing. They thought it was funny. And I was just like, come on, guys. Let's think about things a little bit. Um, so that was another big moment for me. And I was like, I'm just going to stick with this. It's helping me be more productive. Yeah. And then I think my initial motivation was Matthew. Um, we had just started dating pretty recently. And so, you know, there was that, we're still in that, um, part of our relationship where you're trying to impress each other. The honeymoon thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, let me stick this out. And then we experienced the keto flu together. And I don't know how well Matt, 
Matt remembers this, but it was just like fun having like 17 Gatorade bottles or Powerade bottles empty around the room. We just watched shows all day. We skipped the gym together. And it just like, it was a big bonding moment for me with Matt. And, and then once we had, you know, gotten through that period, I was like, I might as well just see it through. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something great to this. And then my first menstrual cycle was very different. And so I took note of that and I was like, all right, so something is happening in my body that, you know, um, is big enough for me to take note of like a hormone change. And so that was extremely fascinating. And, and I can't remember either, like along the way where it just turned into now this is who we are, you know, slowly, (laughs) I guess it happened slowly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like, you know, constant now, you know, you you have something riding on it. And a lot of people, when they start a ketogenic diet or a low carb diet, they might, they might go into it thinking, you know, I'm going to do this for the next month and it's going to be great. And, uh, and, you know, you talk to them three months down the track and you go, oh, are you still doing the keto diet? And they're like, well, I had no motivation to stick to it. And I had nothing like riding on the fact that I would stick to it. And so maybe, um, you know, now that you've got, a, now you've both got a business and you, you have a lot riding on what you ac- can actually do throughout the day. So maybe like that enhanced focus. And as you said, like no more pasta and pizza, uh, stuff your face lunches type thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, and, and you know, that those personal changes are really motivating. Uh, when you when you start something uh, like a different diet and and if you know that it's working for you and you can sort of see those changes then yeah sticking to it is 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 a hard thing but and it never gets easier you sort of just get better at it um, but yeah I think it's great it's great that you've uh, sort of highlighted those little bits of behind the scenes for us um, yeah. so you know th- there's motivation on starting a, a ketogenic diet um, but you also run a food blog for anyone that doesn't know ketoconnect.net. Uh, is that correct? Yes, yes. it is. <laughs> ketoconnect.net and a YouTube channel. If you just type in ketoconnect, you'll find it. Um, and, you know, from running a food blog and a YouTube channel, um, there, there must have been so many changes along the way because you, you start creating content and you put it out and then you instantly doubt yourself because you go, why isn't everyone flocking to my website trying to get as many views on this page or in this video as possible? Um, and and you, you inevitably make changes along the way and then you sort of, you know, look back. And uh, But, you know, what about running a food blog and a YouTube channel has changed the ketogenic diet for you? And maybe some of the questions that you get about that, like how has that changed how you do everyday life? That's interesting. So how has the food blog and the YouTube channel changed our keto diets basically? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I guess it's, you get a lot of input, which most people don't have. You get like suggestions, you get um, different ideas. You kind of have to keep up with what other people are doing. Like what's this guy over here doing? What's he eating? What's going on on his YouTube channel? Just things like that that I think, you know, a normal person just doing a diet change doesn't really have. So just staying up with things like we try a lot of different things for the YouTube channel and a lot of the takeaways are applicable towards the the future of our diet. And I think that's honestly the biggest takeaway from our channel, or at least I would like it to be, is that you, there is no real answers because most people come to us or they go on the internet for just the definitive thing. The, like the answer to, to the problem, answer to the question, where the answer is kind of fluid and that's what you got to learn to live with and just self-experiment. And yeah, I would say our diet has evolved over time. And also there's like a little bit of responsibility you feel, I would say, when you start building a YouTube channel and a food blog to just be like better with your diet. It's, it's a little bit of accountability so that's at play too. Yeah, I think the experimenting part is what I would also say. So I feel like we would not have had that sweetener video or tested eight different sweeteners yeah. had we not had a YouTube channel. And in that case, if I were still doing the keto diet now, I would probably still be eating like Russell Stover's candies and oh yeah, one bars, which use IMO and maltitol. And so my diet has optimized from being held accountable by our viewers and our like people around us like you and um, just trying new things has it's been fun Mm -hmm. like uh, normally experimenting with my diet if I like something so much isn't as fun but 
this, we get feedback. We get, you know, yeah. we get to have a discussion about the result, which is a lot of fun. And I think just the more people listening to what you're saying, the more people visiting your site, the more you care, you feel like it's important to have like accurate information and you just really right. like, it's, it's, an, uh, you should, you have a responsibility at that point. So we are definitely feeling that now. Yeah. We take pride in our work. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I remember something you was, uh, you've said previously where, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, keto information out there, but you guys are really dedicated to making it the best, you know, uh, and that and that really shines through because uh, not only are you having fun uh, whilst, you know, testing all of those different parameters on yourself, but yeah, the accountability uh, is is you know, and doing those uh, a day in the life or, um, you know, doing those videos where you can have a discussion, uh, is, is fantastic. And, um, and, you know, we can sort of see the progression of the YouTube channel with the different types of videos, but how did the, um, you know, was the flute, was the food blog complementary to the YouTube channel or are they two totally separate beasts? Pretty complimentary. I think the initial plan was food blog, but the initial right. plan was, yeah, for the YouTube to send traffic to the food blog. We uh, never thought YouTube would be like this, though, for Right. Us. We never thought they would be their own, like, separate entities where we can, like, overlap, but they also could do fine on their own. Yeah. I think um, people – like, there's a lot of food blogs that have YouTube channels, and that's kind of what we were thinking ours would be, you know, like, just food videos that get people in the door. But I think we have, like, some chemistry on camera – and I just really like making videos. Like I take pride in editing them and stuff, right. putting time into that. So yeah, I never thought we would have, we have over 300,000 YouTube subscribers now. That's crazy. That's like, we're actual people that do YouTube videos. Which is, I mean, it's because when we put up the camera, I mean, like when you hold up a camera, you're just like, oh, well, I'm just in the same t-shirt I was last night. You know, yeah. it's like, we haven't really changed. And I think that's also what people can uh, resonate with and like they're, you know, they are attracted to because we're just, someone actually said that at our last book signing. They were yeah. like, what I like is that you just wear the same shirts still from like two years ago. <laughs> and I, was like, I guess that is it. Good and bad maybe. Yeah. We are very much like in a bunker over here, making recipes, making videos. Haven't really gone to the outside world much at all. Right. I think our first encounter with that was at our book signing where people were like, you know, they came there to get, their book sign and like listen to us talk and i guess like probably in this next year it'll become more of a real life thing for us i guess yeah because i mean our life is kind of unchanged from it what when it was when we first started we just do the same thing yeah we got better but yeah yeah yeah, I think that that bunker mentality is is totally what it is because you know you spend especially when it's your full time job and you can you can basically work as much as you want really and so. Uh, you know, you sort of essentially go into the studio and then you come out and and nothing's changed. But I, I do think, um, you know, as, as you said, you've got better, like your on-camera um, abilities have just, you know, skyrocketed. And I think your YouTube channel subscribers sort of reflects that. So um, it, it's, it's such a fantastic thing that all of us get to watch that progression. Yes, you know, you, you might still be wearing the same uh, couple of shirts, but that that's not what your um that's not the core concept of your channel and i don't think um you know people are going to be turned away by like i saw that that t-shirt yesterday why <laughs> you know <laughs> and and it's all about the story like there's so many there's so many people out there who um you know you 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 do have to look professional at a certain point but um when you want to uh, like when you want to be genuine and or like that authenticity just shines through. So yeah, it's, 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 I wouldn't be worried about it at all. That's not something that you should be high on your radar. So that's fantastic. Um, and so, you know, like from running a food blog and a YouTube channel with over 300,000 subscribers, did you say that's, that's crazy. Um, that, that uh, not only has nutrition been a huge part of your life, but also hitting the gym. And this is something that gets highlighted on both a little bit as well. Um, and, you know, you went through the keto cut phase um, from the start of this year. And if anyone doesn't know about that, we're going to talk about that in a second. But, um, you know, uh, you had been going to the gym prior to doing the keto cut, which is now what's called deeper state keto. Um uh, now you can correct me if I'm getting any of the terminology wrong, um, but uh, how is uh, 
starting something like deeper state keto changed how you go to the gym because uh you know there there was obviously some big progression uh throughout that uh is it 16 or 12 week phase um that's something something that no other protocol has done for you in the past yeah absolutely um and i like that you asked that because most people ask about the nutrition but the gym has for me personally changed a lot so um, I'd been like going to the gym even before I met Matt, thought I was actually lifting, you know, doing the elliptical. And so my gym performance has progressed. And when I was dating Matt earlier on before D- Deeper State Keto, we would go to the gym and he would show me the lifts and I would think I'm pushing myself, but it wasn't until the past 90 days from January to the end of March that I actually pushed myself hard enough to build muscle. And that's when I realized that gym intensity matters more than you probably think it matters. Yeah. So the Deeper State Keto, we did a collaboration with a professional bodybuilder. I believe he's he's one of the only natural bodybuilders that won his pro car using a keto diet. His name's Keto Savage. And yeah, he came here for a week and worked out with us. And it's just a totally different animal. Yeah, it's not like different than than anything we've done in the gym before. And it gives you some perspective on things on what it takes to be at the level he's at. And it's just it's basically just effort and intensity every day for the rest of your life. (laughs) Like that's what he's committed to. (laughs) <laughs> it's really just like you do it for the love you do it for um just to be a tireless consistent worker that's not like our takeaway isn't that that's what we want to do from right. now on though it actually like kind of made me realize like i'm not built for that or i don't really even want that i want some kind of lesser workout program more that's, sustainable. that's more sustainable for me and yeah it's just like a balanced life like i i want to work out i love working out Actually, my new obsession is we're moving and I'm going to build a home gym. I'm like obsessed with looking up home gym stuff online right now. But um, shoot, what was I going to say? Oh, so I used to think that going into the gym and doing something is better than doing nothing at all. Right. But now I don't think that I'm because some days if I'm going to go into the gym and just go through the movements, if I'm not actually pushing myself, like I'm not getting a good workout. And so if we go to the gym even less days, maybe three days a week instead of five, we're just pushing ourselves hard every single time. And I think that's what's most important. Even if you're going to go one or two times, make it count. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that concept is really important when you're trying to address something like the minimum effective dosage, because uh, if you want a certain outcome, like uh, as you said, Matt, you might you might not want to go down the the pro bodybuilder sort of avenue. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I'm sure uh, Keto Savage is doing uh, some some pretty particular things that will help him on that journey. But when you when you stand up beside someone and you go okay, <laughs> this is real. Um, I'm not sure if I completely want ev- like 100% of that, I'm going to dial it back to the like minimum effective dosage that I want. And uh, it, exactly what you're saying, Mega, when you when you go to the gym and you, you know you go there five or six or seven times a week and you go there and you basically just switch your brain off and start going through the movements, then um, yeah, it can be uh, sort of, a little, I get. I don't want to say a waste of time, but uh, in hindsight, it can feel like that because you get home and you feel really invigorated, and you know there's a lot of things that come with going, you know, leaving the cave and going to the gym. <laughs> but it's you know that that is that concept's really important because um, I know a lot of people uh, when they want to get fit or want when they want to uh, make that big change in their life, they just start doing it more. And I guess this sort of applies to the nutrition side as well because they want to, you know, they, they just want to sprint for the end goal. And that consistency doesn't actually, you know, um, it envision itself into just doing the same thing every single day. It's like you, you need to go there and you need to be effective with what you're doing. And so if you can be totally mentally present and, um, you know, put in 100% effort while you're there, then, I th- yeah, I think that's that's totally important and it's something that a lot of people will get um, a, a lot out of because, you know, you see so many people go at January, uh, you know, the, the New Year's resolutions are there and they go for the month and then it's sort of done. 
and then they do the same thing next year and, and they just want the change. But maybe, you know, what, um, what, what sort of advice would you give someone if they were just starting out um, on, you know, they, they, they've done the ketogenic diet for a little while and they're starting out and they want to go to the gym and do something that is going to be pretty effective but not take up too much time? Is there, is there something that you've noticed with the workouts that you do that has, um, you know, can positively affect someone's uh, body shape with that regard? Yeah, I think what we don't do enough of, but anytime I've made really good gains in the gym, it's always been when you're actually tracking your lifts and making a conscious effort, just progressive overload. Uh, over time, you're slowly increasing your lifts. So you probably, I guess if you're really new, you'd probably want to start by just kind of learning the lifts, maybe even just doing machines and stuff. But at some point, you want to learn to do the major movements like bench press, squat, deadlift, overhead press. And then just tracking your numbers on those lifts and making sure they're going up. Because if your numbers on those lifts are going up over the course of months and years, then you're building muscle. That's just all there is to it. It takes muscle to lift more weight. Um, so that would be my biggest tip. And it also motivates you because you know what you did last week. You, you can't do less. You at least have to meet it and then probably try exceeding it each time. Yeah, we used to do that, <laughs> but we kind of fell off of tracking. It can get like a lot of work when i get my home gym i'm gonna track yeah that'll be easier to track but you you always mention nerd fitness right isn't that a, nerd fitness it's yeah. a website for at home body weight workouts yeah yeah so for anyone a new person or like if you're nervous to get into the gym i totally understand that it used to be like that um just go in you know no one's looking at you no one's even thinking about you everyone's worried about themselves and we're pushing you as hard as they can so just get in there i mean all of the machines have like um, what instructions on yeah. them and you can just read and learn and just getting in there will make you feel more comfortable. I would say even bigger than any of this though is to not do as you were referring to the new year's resolution burnout mm -hmm. thing. Cause if someone's new to the gym, that probably means something recently changed in their lives. They're motivated, right? So they're going to just go super hard. They're going to go to the gym every day. I would say just ease into it. Like, Try making this, instead of doing a New Year's resolution where you're going to go to the gym every day for like a month, how about a resolution where like on December 31st, you're still going to the gym? That's a much better resolution, just slowly easing into it and making it sustainable. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's, I, I do think there is that the sustainability and there's a few different phases of sustaining something like going to the gym or exercise in general. And I, I always think there's like this first month of, you know, your self-motivation and your uh, intrinsic motivation, I guess, can push you so far. But then after that, I always find for me in particular that um, doing that type of exercise or whatever it is with someone else can actually really help as well. Um, so d does it help being able to like go to the gym together um, it, with regards to that? Cause you know, there's sort of that first month where you, you just take it as it is and you're learning and whatever. And then after that, you know, a lot of people may have come from team sports or something where they, they show up and they have a bit of a social gathering, I guess, and they just sort of get fit out of nowhere because they go, I was just having so much fun, but now, whoa, like I can actually run the field or I can, you know, I can now lift this. Is there something really important about going to the gym with someone else? Do you need someone else or do you think that going yourself or maybe going to the classes uh, is important? How, how do you sort of like um, balance that, that I don't want to go to the gym sort of mental capacity? Hmm. I don't think it's all that important. Honestly, we, we go to the gym together, but I would say the stronger force at play is just the accountability. She expects me to go to the gym. I expect her to go to the gym. We don't have to go together, but it's just like kind of an expectation. I want to date someone who, you know, who does certain things, who goes to the gym, cares about their health. Um, so that's, that's one thing. But I think like at some point, maybe this is phase three in your motivation theory, but for me, at some point you become, you identify as a person who does this thing. And that's probably like, you know, 90 days to even like up to a year. Like I identify as a person who goes to the gym because that's what I do. I've been doing it for years and years now. And I think at some point, so like if I stopped going to the gym for a couple of weeks, I wouldn't feel right. I wouldn't feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think eventually you, you'll get there too. What do you think about going to the gym together? 
Um, I think in whole, it's extremely beneficial because a lot of days Matt doesn't want to go and vice versa, but we push each other in a positive way. And then if there are days he just doesn't want to go or I don't, we won't. So we're not like forcing each other, but there's a lot of people who don't have someone. And I think like you mentioned, Aaron, classes can be a great way to like get in the gym and have some fun. Um, I've done Zumba classes. I hate Zumba and I hate classes in general, like the spin classes, but sometimes that's what it takes. Like I'm like, all right, 7am there's a Zumba class or a spin class. I'm just going to go to that and get it over with. It's 45 minutes and everyone is being tortured at the same time. So, you know, it's like kind of just pushing through. And then I think the more you go, the better you feel. And you just associate positive, um, like endorphin release and, and just positive feelings with going to the gym and getting started is just the hardest. It is hard. Like even taking three days off, I'm sure you understand, Aaron. It's just so hard to get up off that couch. I want to throw in one last tip. The first, <laughs> the, the first, uh, the first time I ever really got addicted in a good way to going to the gym, I'd always been kind of lazy prior to this. I like fell in love with a certain podcast and I would only let myself listen to the podcast when I was at the gym lifting and you really like learn to love it. And you just like, you're in your head, you're in the gym. It's really nice. Maybe that could be a good tip for someone who just is having trouble starting. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So there's a few phases <clears throat> for anyone who's listening. There's the first phase where you're just getting started. You're getting used to all the equipment. The second phase where you either need a little bit of extrinsic mo- motivation or you need someone else to, you know, um, like, that that motivation is inspiring to someone else so your responsibility to go to the gym is is now not just yourself it's it's with a, with someone else as well and then there's the what was the third part there's the third part where you can only listen to a favorite podcast when you go to the gym and that's really <laughs> awesome actually because i have so many podcasts that i listen to on my run and i can't listen to them unless i'm running <laughs> so that actually works as well yeah, you got to say your favorite one though you can, you can listen to other podcasts when you're not at the gym but just your favorite one keep it for the gym yeah like we save our favorite netflix show for dinner yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, so for anyone who doesn't know as well, um, Keto Connect run a podcast of their own, which is called Keto Phenomies. Um, and it's a fantastic podcast. So maybe you can use their podcast to go to the gym with because a lot of their episodes are about, you know, keto nutrition and, and all types of things that you would be totally interested in. So if there's one podcast, if it's your favorite podcast, save it for the gym. Um, or if you haven't even heard of Keto Phenomies, go ahead and check that out. Um, but, you know, uh, you guys are one of, uh, you know, I, I think one of your inspiring mentors, um, Gary V. Uh, he, he, uh, hustles, you know, and I think, um, you guys do the hustle as well and you, and you work, uh, so hard, but not only just, you know, you're, you're not just showing up every day. You're actually putting in, uh, a, a huge amount of effective work. And I think that also applies to going to the gym. Um, it, you know, you don't just show up, you, you do effective work. Um, but you know, what, what tactics or uh, advice would you give to someone else if they were having a really hard time, you know, staying committed or staying uh, intrinsically motivated to something? Because uh, I, I think you guys do such a great job at it and make it look effortless, but maybe behind the scenes, there is a lot of effort and advice and tactics that you put into it uh, that come into play that, that no one else sort of really sees. Um, do, do you have any advice for those types of people? Yeah. Um, I think a big one is just kind of embracing the chaos of things. It's similar with starting a keto diet is you're not going to know how to do everything. You're not going to have all the answers. Like to finish this project that you're starting, there's going to be things you have to learn along the way. Like you're not even going to know how to do things that are necessary to complete this. Like we didn't know how to make videos. Like the first time we turned on a camera was our first YouTube video. So I think just kind of being okay with not knowing everything, accepting that you're going to learn along the way is huge. And it's huge in in all aspects of life. And then to just compliment that, something we continue to apply and we applied when starting Keto Connect was setting law. Um, So the first law we'd ever made was to make three posts, right? Three recipe posts every single week um, and videos. 
And so, you know, we have strayed from that a little bit when we're like writing our cookbook and stuff. But aside from that, for the most part, we will uh, adhere to the laws we set and, you know, breaking them isn't an option. Uh, if we're sick, doesn't matter. If we're having a really shitty day, it doesn't matter because those are laws in our household, in our business. And I think doing that for yourself, maybe even just writing it down, reading it every single day and making it so that it really sticks can help you. Um, cause it's kind of like Matt, what Matt was saying. You, it kind of becomes the type of person you are, right? Like Matt's a basketball player. Matt goes to the gym and now we do three videos a week. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of just, you manifest your own destiny in a way by making laws. And then as far as productivity goes, I'm kind of into productivity. I'm still trying to figure it out fully for myself, but, uh, Couple things I've picked up that have have worked well for me is one big thing: do it first thing in the morning. And the big thing isn't just the biggest task; it's the thing that is going to make the biggest impact on either your finances, your life, whatever. So that's usually going to be the hardest thing, not not like the easy, mindless work. It's going to be the thing you have to think about, and it's going to suck to do, but you have to do that first thing in the morning because that's when you have the most willpower, the most motivation. And just kind of scheduling your tasks in accordance with your willpower. So like your willpower is at its height in the morning. So if you're trying to build a new habit for me right now, I'm trying to meditate every day. So I do that within the first hour of waking up and lower effort tasks. I do at night like uh, emails, um, you know, just like doing things in Photoshop, watching Netflix, stuff like that. I, I save till night. Yeah, and we used a, an app that Matt discovered. Um, it's called Todoist, and you can get it on your desktop and on your phone. And uh, you can set recurring um, tasks. So, like going to the gym, that's one of my recurring tasks. Cardio is one of my recurring tasks. Um, you know, things like that I set. So, I'm always looking at that task no matter what. Um, and we're always stuck to our phone. So, it reminds you, it, you can set reminders on it. So, I think having an app like that could be a good way to start to implement something long-term. Yeah, there, there's, oh, there's so much great advice throughout there. So I'm going to recap for some people who uh, feel like they're a little bit lost because <laughs> if, you, if you weren't writing that down, there was a lot of juicy information in there. So, uh, so Matt, as you were saying, embracing the chaos and uh, Mega, as you are saying, the law, I think that one is amazing because you, you have to push through tough times um, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, there's a a big percentage of um, being motivated and, you know, doing great things uh, is is the mental capacity to be able to push through those tough times because it's not just doing the work, right? It's it's being able to sit there and and figure out what work to do or figure out what the best work is to do. Uh, And what you were saying, Matt, with the, you know, the sort of the the domino effect where you have the biggest to-do item in the in the morning and it's not necessarily the biggest one but it's like the most effective and if you get that one and generally that one feels the most um, <laughs> nauseating when you look at it because you go oh you know I, I've been I don't know how to do that I don't know how like I don't even know how to start something like that so if you can sit down and map that out and then do it everything else throughout the day just you know, just cascades from there. Um, and you know, you, you, you're carrying that throughout and the, the, the to do, uh, to doist app. If you haven't got that one, definitely download that one and start putting in your, or if you've got one of your own, uh, you can, you know, start putting those recurring tasks in because, um, I know for me, like uh, an app like that, I end up looking, uh, it's just like another thing in front of me and what I need to do. And I look at the recurring task and I go, Ah, oh, yeah, it reminds me that I haven't gone to the gym and then I just feel guilty. And I sit there feeling guilty for a little while. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely like for every tool that you're incorporating into your schedule or into your um, to-do list, you know, you have to learn how to use that tool effectively because at the end of the day, you can have a million different apps on your phone and still be just sitting on the couch. And so I think you guys have learned how to use those tools effectively. There's another book that uh, is called When?, that I read recently now, I can't remember the author, um, but I'll put it in the show notes. And it talks about how, um, you know, Matt, as you were saying, doing the, the biggest thing in the morning. And for some people, they may not feel, 
like their creativity and their productivity sort of cycles uh, are at different ends of the spectrum. And so it sounds like you guys have sort of lined up that the mornings are the most important for you, but um, some people that's at nighttime. And so uh, they get up a little bit later and they can sort of do the medial tasks right up until the big thing where they they do that at nighttime. And I guess, you know, different people sort of uh, ebb and flow within those things, but don't use that that cycle as an excuse. Make sure you're consistent with what you're doing. So, yeah, they're, they're really, really awesome tips. Uh, thank you so much for sharing them because I'm sure uh, they're, they're things that you've learned how to do and they're things that you've, you know, experienced over the past. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and think back. Did you start 2016? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so that's that's nearly a, two years now? Two years. Nearly two years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of learning and, 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 and so much experience that has gone into those tips. Um, so it, the, I think some, most of the time, the simpler, the better too, because if you're trying to complicate something with a million different apps and a million different lists of things, like it can get very complicated and, and just sort of managing that can be overwhelming in itself. Um, so I hope. A lot of people have got some really juicy information out of those big questions because I certainly have. I've been writing down notes like crazy. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to end the podcast with a few quick questions because these ones, um, you know, they're, they're sort of a little bit rapid fire, something that people, you know, can go and do straight away or, you know, something that they might connect you with on. Um, so I wanted to start with the first one and maybe Mega, you can go first and then Matt. Uh, what is your favorite low-carb food or keto food? Hard-boiled eggs. Mine is probably steak. Oh, okay. And any particular way of cooking the steak? I've been using the sous vide lately. Rare. Mm, okay. And then, and then, so you do this. So from what I understand, the sous vide basically uh, cooks it from the inside. So, it, you know, there's it, a long time in the water and then you pan fry it after that. Or do you, is there a different way? Yeah. So it is a, a water bath. It heats the entire steak to the same temperature. So like, let's say 125 degrees Fahrenheit, and then it will be cooked perfectly rare throughout the entire steak. So all you have to do, you're just searing it for flavor. You're not searing it for doneness. Mm. So you just get like a really hard sear on each side and then it's good to go and it's like perfect in the inside. Mm. And and Mega, do you have any seasonings that go with hard-boiled eggs or do you just straight up hard-boiled eggs? No, yeah. So I should have elaborated. I do egg salad um, and I use chipotle mayo and I put bacon bits and scallions in it. Oh, damn, that sounds so good. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, so the next question sometimes, uh, you know, particularly food bloggers get stumped on because they don't necessarily have anything that they don't like. But what is your least favorite keto food? Probably like sardines and olive oil. Oh, I love, see, I love those. And then my least favorite is mayonnaise and Mega loves mayonnaise. Yeah. Ah, I guess they sort of share olive oil in, in, in between them. Although if you don't make it at home, maybe it doesn't have olive oil. It's chock full of, um, different other vegetable oils. But yeah, sardines are one that can get a little bit, I, you sort of eat them out of, for the health reasons, but. <laughs> for the taste, I love them. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm with Mega on that one. Sardines <laughs> aren't, aren't the most fantastic food in the world. Um, Okay, so you, you probably got um, different answers for these ones, but uh, what book or video has recently inspired you? Video in what sense? Like a movie? Inspired you, just anyway. Um, yeah, maybe like a documentary or a video that you watched on YouTube, something that, you know, uh, gave you inspiration to go out there and, and, and you know, really achieve something today. Honestly, um, what I've been doing a lot lately is watching like one of our old videos every couple of days and that really motivates me and inspires me, makes me laugh too. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, for me, it's, have you seen the movie Whiplash? Uh, I think I might have, um, but I don't necessarily remember what happens in it. It's a must watch. Watch it tonight, Aaron. So the only time I cry, I'm a very like stoic seeming person and I actually kind of am, but the only time I cry is when there's like a very motivating scene in a movie and this was one of them. Basically, the kid, he has a, a concert, he's a drummer, and the only thing he cares about in life is drumming, basically. 
and he gets in a car accident. He doesn't think to like, you know, he's bleeding out of his ears and stuff. And he doesn't think to like go to the hospital, go to the hospital like get insurance numbers. He just starts sprinting to the concert because he's already late. Uh, the, the, con- the, the band is on stage. He just like walks on stage. There's a replacement drummer. He like kicks the drummer out, sits down and just starts drumming. Like it just kind of inspired me because to just have like one thing that you really care about and, and it's the only and most important thing in your life. It's just kind of a, a cool thought. Well, I, um, you know, I actually got that feeling when I was watching. So, uh, recently here in Australia, we had the Commonwealth games and, I had recently just gone full time on the blog. And so I was like, wow, this is fantastic. I get to watch TV all day. Little did I know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just had, I had the Commonwealth Games going on in the background. And all of these athletes had been training for the past four years to show up and do one race. Mm-hmm. And when someone won and you could see the emotion on their face, I would get teary because I'm like, there's so much work that has gone into that. They have put so much of their time and their lives and their family's life in, involved with that. And, yeah, so I totally get that feeling. Just, uh, you know, drama, athletics, same thing, really. <laughs> um, okay, so, so now I know you guys uh, – so I used to be a musician for a long time, um, and I know that you guys are into music. What – I guess um, – hmm, how do I ask this in a – in a constructive way, what music is like, okay. So what, what sort of classic types of music do you listen to? And by classic, I don't mean like, uh, you know, the eighties. Um, I mean just things that you would put on and listen to any time of the day, whatever, you know, you've listened to for the past year and you still love it. And then what have you been listening to recently? That is, that is really interesting to you as well. Um, so I don't listen to music a lot. Uh, when I work and stuff, I need pure silence. But at the gym, I like a mix of hip hop and like EDM music. I like to dance between sets. So that's what I'll do. Um, and then when I'm doing like cardio, I'll watch a show. And then, yeah, I, I, I keep my music very constant. So I'll make a playlist of like 10 songs and I'll listen to those 10 songs on repeat for at least six months before I change them. That's hilarious. Um, the the first one is just classics. I guess I always go to my favorite rapper, who is Young Thug, is his name. Um, I can listen to him any time of day. His first album, his most recent album, I love them all. I just think he's like really talented, and he adjusts with the times pretty well. And then what I'm into lately, so all I'm into is hip-hop, basically. But what I'm into lately is just like the real nonsense rap that like the 16-year-old kids are listening to. I want to be down with the kids, so I listen to their music. It, there's no lyrics. It doesn't make lyrical sense. It's just like for the beats, for the vibe, but I like it still. I, I, I think I remember listening to one of your earlier podcasts, and you may have been talking to Danny. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but he was into the like the old classic hip-hop, like Jurassic 5 and, you know, Nas and those types of and, – and then you were trying to explain how the modern hip-hop, you know, it's not about the words, it's about the sound of the words. Is that something that you still believe? I do because it's a talent in its own. Like Nas can't make music the way that these kids are making music. He is not like – his, vice versa. Vice versa, yeah, for sure. Mm. But um, it's a skill in its own. Just because the lyrics are nonsense doesn't mean they're not skilled people making like highly skilled music. Mm, interesting. So there's a lot of hip hop going wrong, <laughs> going on around the house, yeah. and some EDM. I'm a massive fan of EDM because I used to be a DJ for a long time, um, and so I I, uh, I get really, really, really into EDM, and I think I need to like eject myself <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> I think that can go with all t- different genres of music. Um, and so the last question uh, um, that I like to ask is that I would love to hear your favorite recipe um, in tantalizing detail. Now, tantalizing detail, you know, it can be just the specifics of each recipe. It can be a recipe that you already have or you're about to make um, and you know, it, we're trying to make people drool here or we're trying to, you know, get get them to immediately stop this podcast 
and go, I need to make that recipe. That Keo Connect recipe that they described on the podcast was, oh, so good. I have to go and make that. So do you have something that's sort of in line with that? What do you got for that? I thought we'd pick the same one and banter. I'm going to go with protein cakes. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Protein cakes. I'm just thinking thinking of phone sex now. It makes me very (laughs) (laughs) Um. So the taste... Well, uh, you pick like the driest okay, recipe. We'll, we'll pick a different one. Then. <laughs> um, I was actually thinking we would describe the Quest tortilla chips that we just tried because those are incredible. yeah. Okay, we're switching to Quest tortilla chips. Not our recipe. Go yeah, buy them. But they just came out and they're really good. I just opened this bag of Quest tortilla chips. Well, let's see what's going on here. Oh my God, they look amazing. They're really well seasoned and they're triangular Wait. shaped. <laughs> that was the first bite. I thought we were going to talk more about the newspaper. I just took a bite. They look exactly like Doritos. Do they taste like Doritos? Wait, someone just put Cool Ranch Doritos in a Quest chip bag and sold them to me. But they're still low carb. These must be carbs. No. They're sparkling with ranch seasoning. And what about the nacho cheese ones? Oh, my God. I haven't tried those yet. How are they? They taste like nacho cheese Doritos. They're so good. Quest really knocked it out of the park with this one. Heavily seasoned, but also... Lightly seasoned. <laughs> perfect crunch, perfect chip texture. It's like eating tortilla chips. It is. I love when they just bake whey okay, protein. Matt's really bad. And he's not a partner. I love it. I loved the sparkling ranch seasoning. <laughs> that was by far the best. Because <laughs> ranch for me is like mayonnaise, not but maybe it's different. Sparkling, yeah. <laughs> that, that was fantastic. Oh, okay. So, um, where do I start? I thank you so much for being on the the Fat for Weight Loss Show podcast. It's you know you guys have been a huge inspiration for me, and I'm sure a huge inspiration for so many people around America and around the world, really. Because you know when you're online, you become a bit of a global entity. So uh, and you guys do do that and handle that so well. So um, where can people find you? And maybe what are some of the, the first recipes that they can make from your website uh, or, or, you know, some of the first videos they can watch on YouTube? So, yeah, the website, KetoConnect.net, uh, YouTube channel. Just basically, if you Google KetoConnect anywhere, you'll find it. But we also recently have a cookbook that came out. It's called Keto Made Easy. So you guys can check that out, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and like Costco in the U.S. Soon. Yeah. And then recipes. Um, definitely make the chicken crust pizza. It's a lot different than fathead. In my opinion, a lot better, um, butter chicken. If you like Indian food and our coconut flour, chewy chocolate chip cookies. If you like cookies, we also have all flour. If you can eat nuts, which most people can, except for weirdos like mega. Yeah. And then, and then uh, the <laughs> YouTube videos, I think we have a beginner series. So it's four videos, just kind of getting you up to speed on everything you want to know about keto, kind of the mistakes we've made tips and tricks to start. And then there's a video where we test all or most of the low-carb sweeteners. A lot of people find that to be like our most valuable video because it really just kind of answers a lot of questions you might be having on like which sweeteners to eat on a keto diet. Yep. Mm, interesting. And, and uh, yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. So, uh, yeah, definitely go ahead and check out their, their food blog. Amazing. And, and your photographs have recently been taking – uh, a, a, a huge leap up. Um, I think it was the crab cakes that you made recently and I saw the photo and I was like, they've been working on their food <laughs> photography. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of different work in Lightroom I did and then we got uh, a new camera too. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and so what is what is maybe one of the favorite recipes out of your recipe book? So maybe if, if someone's going to go buy the recipe book or they've already got it, what was one of the favorite recipes from that? And then maybe what's something that's inspired you uh, or maybe something that you didn't know would be as good, but people are really loving it. Hmm, that's a good one. I think so far everyone's loved the granola. The Golden Gate granola. Golden Gate granola. But what's something a lot of people have loved that we didn't expect? There's, uh, there's been a few of those. Um, a lot of people have made the meatloaf. Yeah, the meatloaf. I'm surprised so many people like meatloaf. Yeah. I don't, like if I got a cookbook with meatloaf in it, I probably wouldn't make it. Last thing I make, yeah. Maybe. Secret ingredient is hemp hearts. Yeah. That. And then a lot of people have been making the uh, bulletproof iced frap. Yeah. Which I didn't, I, I guess I thought people already like know how to make one, but. Is it frap or frappe? Fra- I don't know. Aaron? Don't know. Aaron. <laughs> uh, in Australia, we say frappe, but honestly, I'm not too sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, it always gets a little bit mixed up, you know, lost in translation. Have you ever tried making coffee with, now I don't know what they call it in America, we call it soda water here, which is basically just like sparkling water. Yeah. Um, but what you do is you make a shot of coffee and you fill the rest of the cup up with sparkling water. Have you ever tried that before? No. no. How is that? Do it. It turns into this frothy, delicious summer drink that you're going to want to make. And it's really easy. It's not necessarily high fat, but um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a different take on coffee. We Some some places do it here in Australia where they'll bring you out a cup of uh, soda water and uh, and a shot of coffee. And, yeah, so you put them both together and try it. Try it. I think, I think you might enjoy it. I actually went to a coffee shop that did that in Atlanta, and I was like, oh, my God, they know me. I love sparkling water. I got this espresso, but now it all makes so much sense. <laughs> well, maybe it's the just the progression. Like, so they, they, they give you something sparkly to, you know, offset the, the bitterness of the coffee maybe. Um, but, yeah, some people have just been putting it together. So something to try out maybe. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's been so awesome having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, really digging into some of these questions uh, with us. And, um, but, you know, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And if you haven't already checked out Keto for Normies, definitely go ahead and put that into your podcast app, whatever you use, whether that's on Google Play or you're on Apple or whatnot. Um, it's available pretty much everywhere. So, uh, again, thank you so much for being here. And uh, is there any just last takeaway tips for someone that you, you might be able to give them in re- with regards to the ketogenic diet? What's your number one tip? Stop planning, start doing. And don't focus so much on the numbers. Focus on how you feel every day. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week. 